Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestle. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than, 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 I, than I cared about me winning. You know, that was when I really, truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. There's no reason to sleep in. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is a little bit, little bit of being lazy. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to, like, figure everything out. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in-depth. Only fault was that I thought I could pin everybody, you know. So going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan. I was like super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. You know, that's what I love to do. I want to stand. Out. I want to. I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. For 17 years, it was like it was what I was training for, you know. And this is potentially my last tournament. It's like this is it. It's like eight mile. Like you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his, so just kind of how things go. Welcome back to Sudden History, boys and girls. If you're keeping track at home, and I'm sure you are, this is episode 41. That means if it's your first time listening, I'd say you have about 40 episodes to catch up on. You should probably go to Matt Talk Online, iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere, and binge listen to the entire catalog. Why not? You can also leave a review. I got a really nice one after the last show from Ross Bendick. If that name sounds familiar, he's on Twitter, and he's the guy who's taken his kids' Lego figures and turned them into famous wrestlers. I always get a kick when he posts a new figure or a new moment on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, if you want to get a hold of me, it's at EarlD1CW. For the show, it's at Sudden History. You can also email me, and that is... Earl at D1CollegeWrestling.net. So for this week's show, it's been long overdue. We've had a lot of great wrestlers over the course of the first 40 shows. However, I have had I have not had any women's wrestlers on the show. Tonight, I don't have just anyone. Check out my interview with Clarissa Chun. Welcome to episode 41 of the Sun History Wrestling Podcast. We're lucky enough to be joined tonight by the most decorated guest thus far on the show. She was a 2012 Olympic bronze medalist and 2008 world champion and is currently an assistant coach for the women's national team at USA Wrestling. Let's welcome Clarissa Chun. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks for joining us. So we are in late September now, a few weeks removed from the junior, senior, cadet world championships. You know, what's next on the docket for you and the rest of the staff in Colorado Springs? Um, a lot going on. The, the year and season just kind of blends all together. So 
coach Emma Randall is going to go to U23 trials in Minnesota in the beginning of October. And then um, we have like USA versus Japan duel and that beat the streets LA is putting together um, Uh in the middle of October. And then Emma and I are planning on taking a trip to Japan to take our cadet girls. Um, Sayori Yoshida is having her tournament out in Nagoya. So we'll be there. And then Schultz is happening around the same time. And then it goes to U23 World Championships and then World Cup and then Russia Cup. And that ends our calendar year as far as 2017 goes. So, and then it just yeah, starts all, all over again. Busy, busy. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for those of us who have not been fortunate enough to train at the Olympic Training Center, uh, what's the role of the assistant coach and some of your duties on a day-to-day basis, working with the athletes and then the program in general? Yeah. Um, so here at the training center, we have a resident program, and um, so. Terry, Coach Steiner, Coach Emma, and I are in the wrestling room daily with our resident program, and we're also starting a EAP program, so it's for a high school age level, and um, so we don't have any girls yet, but we are wanting to um, have girls come out for that, um, so what it is is they kind of do some schooling in like nearby in town and they also do online so this way they can train and travel and compete and go to school at a high school level so that's our duties on the mat and then like in the offices is all the backside stuff you know like planning all these uh our schedules the periodization and um tournaments coming up and developmental camps um senior camps and it's a lot. I feel like I'm still learning as I go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, going back almost a month ago now to the senior world championships, the women's team tied for second place. You know, talk about what you saw from the mm-hmm. team's performance. For me, I was impressed with the team overall, and I think it speaks to the progression of the program in general that we tied for second, and that's great. But there's talent on the yeah. current team and in the pipeline where there's room for improvement, mm-hmm. but, you know, we could seriously threaten Japan for that top spot in the near future. Yeah, for sure. That's our goal, you know. Like, I I know, like, a lot of times some of us hate hearing it, like, beat Japan, but that's that's our goal, you know. They've been on the top for a while now, and we definitely have the ability to get there. And it, it was so fun working with the senior team this year and traveling and um, seeing them like really work together, you know, as far as a program, that's what we want. We want that unity, you know, we want that team unity. So I think when we get that, we can achieve more, you know, we can achieve achieve, like more together. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do feel like we, we did really good. You know, there's some people, you know, lost away, not feeling so good, but that's sport. It's it's tough that way, you know, and like, yeah, we tied for a second, but there's so much more that we can improve on. So it's, it's an exciting time. So, yeah. For sure. 
So, of course, anyone who paid any amount of attention to the World Championships had to be in awe of Helen Marulis' tournament. It was probably the most dominant oh of any God. wrestler there in any style. So, from your time around her, what makes her special and your thoughts on her championship? Oh, man, she's awesome. You know, she works hard, trains hard, student of the sport, anytime you know, we're in the, on the mat. She wants to know that you're not giving her any chances. You know, she's always trying to make sure that no stones are left unturned, you know, and she's continuing to grow, you know, as an athlete and as a person. Like, she doesn't stay stagnant in her style or her abilities. And she, you know, she, you know she's a champion. And, you know, we always think as a champ, you know, everything's great because you're always winning. But, you know, as athletes, we have up and down days, you know, and she's she's found a great place for herself, you know, to find happiness, you know, as far as in the sport. So I think that translates on the mat. You know, if you're having fun and enjoying it, you know, I think, you know, that's like the purest form of success, I guess, regardless of outcome. So. Yeah, I think it's so fun to watch her compete. So circling back to you and your career, a uh, question I like to ask all of our guests, uh, when and why did you begin wrestling? I started when I was 16 years old. Um, I did it because I had a judo background and um, I'm from Hawaii, so Hawaii was the first state to have uh, girls wrestling separate from boys and um, I wrestled boys my first year competed against them and it didn't really bother me just because my judo background you know I always like trained with guys so loved it um, timing of everything was like couldn't have been better for me when I graduated high school Missouri Valley College was the first um, scholarship program to offer um, women's wrestling scholarships and um for freestyle I didn't even know what that was when I was coming out of high school I was like what's freestyle <laughs> but um timing timing of it all was couldn't have been better you know had I graduated a year earlier had I you know like who knows I don't know if I would have been in the sport so we're talking about uh, the late 90s. You know, it was a little bit of a different climate yeah. with respect to women's wrestling. How did your family feel about you joining the wrestling team? Maybe not as drastic with your judo background? Yeah, no. They were super supportive of it because of my judo background. They, you know, I've had friends that I trained with that did judo and wrestling. So one of the guys I always used to train with, he would always beat me up in wrestling but I'd beat him up in judo so my parents were used to me training with guys a lot you know and so um so I I was lucky that I didn't have struggles in that way you know and I was lucky that my high school coach was you know very open to me being on the team wanted me to be on the team actually you know I came like from swimming and water polo that was the same time as wrestling season and he pretty much was like, Hey, you do judo, why don't you wrestle? So he was he was the one that was seeking me out. So I felt very fortunate, you know, like not having resistance in that aspect. So 
And, you know, speaking of the resistance, you know, unfortunately, many women who wrestled at that time and, you know, even later uh, faced some pushbacks or had ugly incidents, maybe from opponents or other parents or coaches. You know, did you ever have any experiences like those that stand out? Where I had resistance of me being, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, you, I'm sorry. You being uh, female competing against uh, boys or practicing with boys, you know, any anything no. ugly like that? No, I you know I was lucky in that aspect. I did feel bad wrestling guys because it was you know a lose lose situation for a guy. I felt like you know, and I wrestled one hundred three pound weight class that was a weight class in Hawaii for varsity. And, um, I've lost a lot of matches against guys, but I also like beat a lot of guys too. And usually that weight class, they're usually, usually freshmen or sophomore, you know, and the hardest part is, you know, beating a guy and their, their teammates pick on him. And I'm like, that's not what I want for them. You know? So I, I was fortunate that I didn't have resistance. You know, I didn't have any, I didn't have any guy's parents yell at me for arresting their son or anything like that. I, it was just, I was, I was lucky. I grew up in Hawaii that accepted it, you know, like that was actually all for girls wrestling. So. so at what point as a young wrestler or even, you know, I guess since you got into it, uh, you know, older than most wrestlers, uh, did, at what point did you realize this is something I can see myself doing at the highest level and, you know, making a lifetime out of uh, being in the sport? Um, I would say, oh, man, like, like, I would say, what would I say, 2002, they announced that women's wrestling would be in the Olympics. And I was like, I got to go out for that, you know, I got to try for that. Because up until then, it was, you know, I I was lucky enough that I got to go to a world championship my first year wrestling freestyle. Um, but I didn't know how long I would continue with my wrestling career. I always thought that I would go back to judo. The judo had um, it as an Olympic sport for females. <laughs> and I thought once I was done competing at the collegiate level that I would go back and do judo. But it's just funny how things just, you know, kept me on this path, you know, and I love it. I I still think about whether or not I would go back to judo still. Not to compete, just play around. And now that I'm at the training center, they do have a judo program. So I think I'm going to dust off that judo gi and <laughs> put it on every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. after high school, uh, you've mentioned you wrestled at uh, Missouri Valley in the early days of women's collegiate wrestling. You know, if you can contrast your experiences wrestling in college at that time, you know, with kind of the current landscape of the WCWA and, uh, you know, the changes you've seen over that time. Oh, yeah. Um, the funny thing is, like, if I backtrack to, like, right before I even – decided to go to Missouri Valley because I didn't even know, like, like I said, I didn't even know there was freestyle, right? And like you're saying, this is like the late 90s and there was no Google, right? AOL uh, sure. was a thing. 
<laughs> so I searched like freestyle wrestling and Trisha Saunders' name came up. I'm like, who's this Trisha Saunders? But like, yeah, like we're the first and only like scholarship program. I think Minnesota Morris had a team. Uh, Lock Haven had a club, you know, like honestly, there wasn't many teams in like college programs. There wasn't, there was like three maybe I would, that I could remember like the year that my incoming year, my freshman year. And there wasn't even a WCWA. It was, we would compete at university nationals. I remember we went to uh, like Chicago to compete at university nationals. And that was more just like an age group, right? So it wasn't against other colleges, you know? So it was like an age group. And they still had, Kent Baylo still had his high school folk style tournament. So I remember my first year, he just did a college tournament. And it was mm-hmm. like, we basically just wrestled each other almost, you know, because there wasn't many colleges that was out there. So, uh now there's over 30, over 30 programs with women's wrestling scholarship opportunities. I think I went to the WCWA um, this past March and how exciting, you know, like just like the team and school spirit, like to cheer, cheer on your team. And we had that, um, but not against colleges. It was like, we try to get rowdy at the US, U.S. Open, you know, <laughs> but because there was like 20 something of us and then we we're competing against like Sunkiss kids that had like eight on their team. And, you know, we we're competing against the Schultz team that had probably eight on their team and there was like 20 of us. And so we won nationals purely on, you know, numbers. And we had tough girls on our team that came out of that program. You know? Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, on the international circuit, your big breakthrough came in 2008, making the Olympic team. And to do so, you had to get by Patricia Miranda. You know, talk about that tournament and then the feelings that uh, surrounded you after making your first Olympic team. Oh, yeah. Man, I got to dig in the memory banks here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, Patricia was a tough opponent. You know, I've never beaten her prior to that. And I knew that if I had any chance to represent and make the team, the Olympic team, I had to go through her. And it wasn't about scouting her. It wasn't about beating her or trying to, trying to beat her. It was about, like, my training up, up to that point was about fixing me, fixing my holes working on the areas that I need to work on, working on my weaknesses, you know, and just trusting my training and honestly, in the end, believing, believing that I could do it, you know, believing that I was ready for it, believing that I could beat her. And it's, it's so crazy how once that moment I lost to her at the U S open a couple months before the trials, the moment that I lost to her, I said, I knew, I was like, I'm not losing to her ever again. Like, and once, and it was like a true, like, whole feeling in my body. And then once that happened, I think that took me to another level as far as, like, 
executing that, you know, and trusting and believing that I could. Crazy. So (laughs) that's what I, you know, I try to tell the athletes, you know, like trust in your training and believe in yourself. You know, a lot of times we wrestle in fear, whether it's fear of failure, fear of winning, fear of something, right? Like, are we good enough or afraid to go for it, you know? So, in those Olympic Games in Beijing, you make it to the semis before falling to Icho in the old best of three period yeah. match, and you actually outscored her cumulatively, but lost in the third period. Um, after mm-hmm. that, you wrestled for the bronze and fell short. Just talk about those matches and you know heartbreaking losses. Oh yeah, you know I thought I was done competing, at, like in 2007. <laughs> I was like. In the sense that once 2008, I'm done, you know, and once I lost to Icho in the semis, I was like, I am not done because I was upset at myself because I felt like that's the worst feeling, right? Is walking away from a match feeling you could have done more or you could have been better, you know, that's the worst feeling. And then my match for bronze was a definite <clears throat> learning experience for me. Um I was just like on an emotional roller coaster ride. And I remember Coach Steiner telling me, you're still fighting for a medal. But my emotions, that between that break, my emotions were like, I went through it all upset, feeling sorry for myself, like angry, you know, like I'm going to take it out on the next opponent. You know what I mean? It was just, mm-hmm. it was sure. up and up and up and down. And it just, it really drained me. So, um, you know, that I took that as a learning experience for the next go around, you know? So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. How long does it uh, take to get past that position, you know, those feelings, you know, where you can win an Olympic medal, you know, something that you've dreamed about for years and, you know, end up in fifth? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that that was hard. That I mean, but at the same time, I think like it. I don't know how things would have been if I had meddled. You know, I don't know if I would have continued. You know, like I don't regret anything, regardless of medal or no medal. You know, um, I just remember. You know, like, it didn't really hit me until I was put into that position again in 2012, you know, mm-hmm. where I was having to fight for a medal again. And and I told myself that I remembered that feeling of walking away, you know, with nothing, which is, which is fine, you know, because my family loved me anyways. My friends loved me anyway. Like... But that feeling of like, like I want more, you know. So um, I don't know. I it was it was such a good learning experience for me, you know, because I was never complacent in, I guess, who I was and what I wanted to achieve, or as far as like growing on the mat and off the mat. So. And it had to be a good learning experience because not long after the Olympics, you go out to Tokyo for the world championships 
and win the whole thing. So, you know, what was different in your wrestling between those events? Because, you know, it was only a few months between. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My coach has said, I probably, I was more ready to win the Olympics than I was the world championships. And it sounds crazy, but it was like, I, I remember getting sick prior to the world championships and whatnot, but my training was a little, uh, a little different than training for the Olympics. But I think it was just, you know, walking away from the Olympics without anything. And it was just like more grit going into the world championships, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wish I had had more of that, you know, in my semis and my medal round. Like I felt like I had that in my opening round, but I think I lost that in my semis and medal round. So, I mean, I, like, I wish I was more consistent throughout my career as well. You know, there's a lot of things that I wish, you know, like, but um, if I reflect back, it was, it was, I think I had more grit going into the world championships because, because of that, like, like that, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you know, so close, but, you know, just let it slip, but yeah. So, Moving ahead to 2012, you qualified for your second Olympic team to compete in London. Um, how was the experience and the preparation different from you the second time around opposed to in 2008? Um, you know, going through it the first time, I think, uh, you know, just having that experience of what to expect when you're there and all this stuff helped, you know, like me mentally and visual like just trying to visualize how everything's going to be run or what's expected prior to and whatnot and um as far as training wise I think no real difference you know it's always just working on myself as far as what I can be better at like working on my weaknesses you know I I wasn't really ever great at scouting my opponents you know um if I did it would just be very minimal like I wouldn't dive into dissecting my opponent you know um I think because I I didn't want to focus on them so much you know mm-hmm. but uh but I, I still I still did a little bit so that way I knew what I was aware of you know because in the Olympics you better be ready for a match mm-hmm. right everyone's tough so yeah and you started to touch on it a little bit in the actual competition. You ran into Stadnik in the round of 16 and lost, but then had a couple of exciting bouts in the repertoire to earn the bronze. You know, talk about the match with the Polish girl and then getting the dramatic fall and uh, then to get bronze is deja vu all over again with Marlene, the same girl who you faced in 2008. Right. Um, yeah. To, for the you know, Stadnik was always a tough one for me for some reason. Um, I she was she she's tough, you know. I I just couldn't figure out how to beat her for some reason. I like just she just made me feel uncomfortable. But there's little things that I felt like I had to do for myself to stay in the match, you know. Mm-hmm. Try to find those wins. Um, 
with Poland, we've gone back and forth and she just scraps, you know, and I just knew I had to be ready for that, you know, and I don't know. I, I try not to overthink it. You know, that's when I wrestle the best. That's when I feel like anyone wrestles the best is when you don't think about it. You just react and you do, right? And with Merlini, for me, I was, like, happy about it, right? Because I felt like, you know, she got me the last time. And now my, you know, I've learned my lesson from it, you know, <laughs> and my attitude and going into it was different, you know? And so that's, that's the, I don't know, I just wrestled and weird how things just like happen sometimes, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I, I could have never like, I could have never like pre-plan that pin against Poland. I could have never pre-plan that like throw against Merlini, but it, I think it was just reps of in training and, um, or just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so earning the bronze medal, you know, puts you in a very select group of women who have earned medals at the Olympics. You know, what kind of significance does that accomplish, hold, accomplishment hold for you? Oh, I, uh, it's awesome, you know, like, I think it's tough, right? Like, it's, <laughs> so I, I feel happy with that, you know, and, you know, as a competitive person and like, oh, I wish I had more, or I want more and whatnot, but like, you know, I feel, I feel happy about it, you know, like, I feel, I don't know, <laughs> it's so, so weird for me, I don't, like to toot my own horn or anything like that. So sure. I just, um, like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, you competed up until and through the 2016 Olympic trials where you finished in third. You know, when and how did you realize maybe it was your time to stop competing? Um, my body. <laughs> mm-hmm. My body is like, I've had a lot of injuries. I've had a lot of like surgeries that, you know, and um, yeah, I think my, I think my mind and body wanted to keep going. My body wasn't able to keep going. Uh (laughs) So it's just, I don't know. Like, I think, I think for me, it was like, um, the endurance over the whole tournament, you know, like, I feel like good for, first match, second match, whatever, you know, like, I feel like the older I got, I had to, I, like, it was harder for me to sustain it for the whole tournament, and uh, as far as that goes, so, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I don't have any regrets going for another one, you know, I felt like I've learned so much um, going for another quad on a different level, on a different uh, style. I went, I had the opportunity to train with Coach Henson. I had the opportunity to work for him as well in the collegiate program. So it was really, I really enjoyed that opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so my last question is, it's always my favorite. Um, how would you like for people to remember you and your career as a wrestler? Oh, man. I don't know. 
I I hope that I hope there was some joy that could be seeped through how I wrestled, you know, like because I did mm-hmm. enjoy it. I I still do, you know, when I get on the mat and wrestle these the girls, I'm like it's fun for me, you know, it's fun for me to try new things, try to be creative and whatnot, you know. Um, I just yeah. I think if they I if anything maybe like, oh, she looks like she's enjoying it. She looks like she's having fun, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Cause wrestling is fun. It's so much fun. You know? <laughs> like you're getting me pumped up to want to go back into practice again right now. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So is there anything else that you would like to plug or anything you'd like for people to know about you, your career, women's wrestling, the national team, anything? Yeah, no, thanks, Earl. Thank you so much for this. And um, I guess, like, I hope people are watching the women's program because, I mean, we got a great, a lot of great athletes coming up, you know, like currently and in our pipeline. So it's just, yeah, go USA, right? So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank a big you. thank you to Clarissa Chun for joining us on Sudden History. Uh, thank you. Thanks again to Clarissa for joining us. Before I go, remember to check out everything, and I mean everything, because there's a ton of stuff on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Visit my guys at The Rudis for some new gear. They'll have you looking fresh for the new season, just like they do for me. All right, that's it for this week. I've got another great interview lined up, locked and loaded for next week. So, Greg Jones, take us away. How the hell do I get off the stage? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.